Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the first episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast for the 2022 season. It's going to be a great year. And of course, my name is Mung, and you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, and that's M-E-N-G. Welcome back, Addicts. Mung, can you believe we're heading into season eight of this show? Episode one, season eight. The off-seasons get shorter and shorter every year, and I think football gets a little more fun every year. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It doesn't feel like we've been doing it for this long, but I do feel like each season has gotten a little bit smoother and we've grown in knowledge and also just in how we can present the information that we have for you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we finally have an actual off season and preseason. Uh, we're getting over the hump of COVID. I think we're on the right track there. And we actually just had week one of preseason football and it, it's, it's getting me pumped for the season, man. Yeah. Finished up the quote unquote hall of fame game. All those, all those players will of course be in the hall of fame about eight years from now. So be ready to expect that. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, the regular season starts what in three weeks. Uh, I think a Four little weeks. bit more than that. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're coming right up on it and it's pretty crazy to see some of these training camp battles and how they're shaping up. I mean, for some of the more casual fantasy players out there, uh, some names that maybe people haven't heard of before that are shooting up in ADP, like Isaiah Pacheco, Romeo dubs, both of those guys showed out. And maybe if you're, you know, uh, not as active over the summer or the off season, uh, Antonio Gibson, one of the veteran names that uh, the job doesn't look great right now, already a fumble in week one of the preseason, but uh, so much to talk about. And I'm excited, you know, of course, as always, we're going to start off our season with uh, talking about the ADPs and some values and fades at the current ADP. Um, we're going to be talking about a 12 team PPR format, and we're using fantasy pros PPR ADP, which aggregates that data from six different sites. And yeah, we're going to talk about quarterbacks and running backs today. And uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, if you want my full top 200 redraft rankings, you can find those over at fantraxhq.com. Always a great resource that you have there. Uh, and I, I would agree with you. You're getting better and better every year. I'm starting to get worried. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be able to take away your title in our dynasty league together this year. But uh, today we're going to be talking about redrafts, of course, and uh, starting with the quarterback position. Los, I know every year we talk about quarterbacks and you're definitely a prefer to wait on quarterback until late. Um, and, you know, for the sake of argument here, let's just say you are taking a quarterback early in the middle rounds. Which quarterback is it not going to be and why? Sure. Uh, there, there's unfortunately, uh, well, th this might, this might be a bit of a cop out um, just because he's going at quarterback two. He's not going uh, as quarterback one. So I felt like this was a fair answer to the question, but it's Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Um, my guy, the guy that uh, I've had for years in our dynasty league, of course, but uh yeah, I, I don't really see him going in the third round for me here. I, I could actually justify Allen late in the third. Um, as you know, I, I generally wouldn't. Um, but Mahomes has the, the step back at the O-line, big step backs at wide receiver. I prefer both Herbert and Lamar Jackson in the fifth round. And uh, if, we're, if, if push comes to shove, I, I actually think I might prefer uh, Jalen Hurts over him this year too. Uh, I know that sounds wacky. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Mahomes, you know, I think he's a fine top five quarterback. It's just when his ADP overall is 32nd, I mean, you're just missing out on so much running back and wide receiver talent. Or if you're looking to take an elite tight end, I believe I have Mahomes as my QB five, but you know, really this year, I have a large tier of, of seven players as my top tier at quarterback. Right. So for me, because I value those seven players fairly similarly, I just don't see any reason to grab Allen or Mahomes based on their current ADP. I mean, I, I think I have that top tier of quarterbacks ranked in the late fourth round. So almost a round and a half later uh, than Mahomes' current ADP. But, you know, I, I think it's important also not to overreact, right? Like we know Mahomes is a generational talent, even though he lost Tyreek Hill. 
but taking Mahomes makes you miss out on Kyle Pitts. I feel like tight end is extraordinarily thin this year. Um, taking a shot at Michael Pittman, um, a, a number of other players. So I, I think everybody knows how we feel about this. Yeah, and looking real quick at uh, the current ADP based on um, Fantasy Pros PPR ADP, right? Guys yes. who are going right around Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's going one spot behind T. Higgins, right? right? He's going two spots ahead of, you said, Kyle Pitts. Um, and, and even if you're not super high in Pittman, you get guys like Kittle, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. They're all going a few spots behind Mahomes. So again, just the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback that early when even if he does finish QB two, right? It's not going to be more than a point or two in points per game, probably past, you know, the, the next few quarterbacks behind him. Nope. Uh, you're right. You're right on the money there. Who's somebody you're not targeting. Yeah, and, man. Like I know a lot of people are going to hate on this, but I I'm way off of Joe Burrow at his current price. Uh, his ADP is 56th overall as the sixth quarterback off the board. And look, there's excitement for Bengals fans and good reason for it behind, uh, you know, Burrow's performance last year coming off of that ACL. And there are reasons to be optimistic, right? Because Cincinnati's offensive line is much improved this off season. And of course he's got one of the best wide receiver cores in the league with chase and Higgins and also Tyler Boyd, which people forget about, but the fifth round, I mean, that's way too rich for a quarterback that we don't know if he's going to run a whole lot. We know he did in college, but coming off of that knee injury a couple of years ago. And then my issue, too, is last season, Burrow ranked third in touchdown rate among quarterbacks, and he scored 13 touchdowns over his expected rate. Also led all quarterbacks in completion rate over expectation per next-gen stats by a large margin. I mean, he's a top 12 quarterback in fantasy, but I don't know that he's going to be this elite guy. And you're pretty much banking on that and drafting him, I think, at his ceiling at quarterback six in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, full disclosure, if uh, if, if the addicts don't like you, they're going to like me even less because he was he was the first name that popped into my head. Um, but but I saw that you'd already claimed him in the show notes, but uh, yeah, completely in lockstep on your feelings and Joe Burrow, all that production came in practically the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, a couple of huge games and really some long touchdowns that even with the talent at wide receiver, I don't think you can bank on game in and game out. I have him at QB nine, but at 86th overall. So I'm pretty much never going to get him about, you know, three rounds behind his current ADP. Uh, all right. Who's your second guy here, Liz? Sure. Uh, next, we're going to talk about a uh, another fan favorite, Tom Brady, quarterback nine overall, 80, uh, 81 currently at ADP. It's hard to find quarterbacks to fade. Granted, you know, most most leagues are only drafting 12. So <laughs> quarterbacks a little harder to pick guys than uh, than running back, so to speak. He's he's not going until the eighth round. So it's not terrible. It's a bit of a weak fade. I would just prefer significantly taking the swing at a Trey Lance two rounds later. I think this upside just isn't there for Brady, so to speak, or heck, uh, Justin Fields way later. Uh, this is much less about disliking Brady. Um, I'd just rather have him later than the eighth round if possible, uh, given given he's got upside, but he, he doesn't rush the ball. Right. And of course, you guys know I'm a huge, huge Brady fan and for good reason. But I, I think there are concerns this year, right? I mean, the Bucks have just led the league in pass rate the last couple of seasons. Brady's another year older. And more importantly, you know, his splits with and without Rob Gronkowski on the field are particularly stark. Uh, and then also just the injuries they've had in the preseason to the offensive line, losing Ryan Jensen. And we know that interior pressure really is the way to disrupt Brady here. Um, already a lot of his receivers have various degrees of hamstring strain. Surprisingly, Julio, not among them just yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think there are enough questions about Brady where, his ADP is fine, um, but like you said, I think they're just target. I don't see like top three upside from this year. Would you agree with that? That's exactly where I where I'm at, and and it's not even that I don't necessarily feel like there's that great of other options, but but it, uh, where you're drafting him in the eighth, but it's always better to shore up your wide receiver running back depth if somebody does happen to fall in that position that you do like. Yeah. And again, I think it comes down to opportunity cost, right? I mean, right. just when you're looking at who's available on the board, I mean, you've got 
an elite handcuff and Tony Pollard going a few spots behind him. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore are being drafted a few spots behind an ADP, and both of those guys have, you know, top 15 wide receiver upside. Absolutely. So my second quarterback, who I think is a little bit overvalued this year in terms of ADP, is Dak Prescott. Uh, he's going as the QB8 in ADP, so right before Brady, 74th overall. And again, I think I have no issues with anyone who grabs Prescott or Brady as their starting quarterback in fantasy this year, but uh, it's just the ADP, right? 74th overall is a little rich for me, considering that the Cowboys' offensive line uh, you know, took a couple of hits heading into 2022. They traded away Amari Cooper and we all know Cooper was inconsistent at times, but still, you know, the wide receiver too now in Dallas, whoever steps up between Noah Brown, you know, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, if, and when he's back healthy, those guys are still downgrades from Cooper. So I have Prescott ranked just outside of my top 12, but more importantly, a hundredth overall. So again, almost three rounds behind his current ADP. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, listeners might recall a couple of years back, you were just about the biggest guy in on Dak uh, across anybody I listened to. Um, but uh, a big part of that was their defense being atrocious and trying to keep up in games. Their defense is not nearly as bad as it once was. And uh, down goes the upside for Dak. Yeah, agreed there. And low-key, I actually, I like the Eagles to win the NFC East uh, oh, this year. Eagles. Uh, <laughs> you don't like that one? I don't hate it. Uh, the, the NFC East is, I mean, we, we know how craptastic of football they can play in the NFC East. Heck, we can certainly see uh, the, uh, the commanders come out on top if we really wanted to. But uh, I, I don't hate the pick of the Eagles. It's just a dark horse play. It's not the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm really there. I'm just betting on the offensive and defensive lines, which I think both are you know top five in the league. But we'll get back to the fantasy talk here now. Sure. If you're a fantasy player, as you are, I think, Los, who likes to pass yeah. on that top tier of quarterbacks, who are a couple guys uh, available a bit later, or even very late, to potentially target in your drafts instead? Sure. Um, one guy I want to key on is Matt Stafford, going at quarterback 12, uh, overall 89 right now, which is not abysmal, of course, but he was dis disrespected heading into drafts last year um, with his first year at the Rams, and he turned it into a solid quarterback one season. He's set to have a great year coming off the Super Bowl and a great Sean McVay offense with a full year learning the system now. Allen Robinson, uh, Robinson should be a step forward from an injured Robert Woods. I know a lot of people think that he uh, may have lost the step last year i firmly am in the camp that he was just dogging it on a bears offense that i would probably dog it on unfortunately too uh odell beckham jr son jackson definitely a step back from Allen robinson at this point i'm in on him at this price I i'd personally rather him have him than rogers brady Dak, and joe burrow which i know sounds nuts yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I've got Burrow at QB9, Brady at QB10, and Stafford at QB11, all with, you know, just one spot ahead of each other. And part of that is just the elbow with uh, Matthew Stafford. But I don't think that's a concern. Like, his ADP has really dropped. And I think it's going to bounce back if and when we hear Sean McVay say, hey, Stafford's going to play week one and he's not going to be on a snap count, right? I, I think yeah. people are just kind of concerned with, him managing the tendonitis or whatever they're calling it in the elbow. But I, I've heard other PTs on podcasts who I trust talk about this. And from what I've heard, you know, the Rams aren't that concerned or else Stafford wouldn't be throwing at all right now. Precisely. The, the first quote that came out was this was something that baseball pitchers typically deal with. If this was a UCL or something like that, he, he'd already be shut down. Right, very different from uh, what caused Ben Roethlisberger to lose a year uh, a couple a couple seasons back. Right. So my first guy here that I think is a huge value this year, and I don't think he will be because I feel like every single person in the world has been talking about Trey Lance over the last couple of weeks here. Um, but his current ADP is QB 13 and 100th overall. And look, you guys, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've been talking about Trey Lance all off season. In fact, that's a name that my fiance now recognizes. Like she knows the name <laughs> Trey Lance because I say it that much. Sure. Um, so if you guys haven't gotten that by now, uh, you should have. 
And to me, there's really no reason that Lance should be going about three rounds later in ADP than Jalen Hurts, who's the QB7. Um, both of these guys are mobile quarterbacks who have high weekly floors and ceilings due to rushing upside. Um, both Hurts and Lance have elite playmakers around them. I mean, you've got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard in Philly. And then Lance, I would arguably has slight upgrades at every position in Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. I, I just don't see you know, any downside here of taking Lance. I know people like to say you can take Lance and then grab like a Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr's insurance. And I don't think you even need that. He's actually my QB6 in my rankings, uh, one spot above Hertz. Uh, but somehow he's three rounds cheaper simply because we, quote, haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend wasting the extra spot on a backup quarterback there uh, with Lance. Uh, there, there's plenty of quarterback depth to, to grab if, if something, unfortunately, were to happen to him. Uh, again, I'm with you. Uh, this might be an, un, uh, an unfair question, but how how high do you think he does climb when we get into the thick of draft season? We're in draft season, but I think in the next two, two and a half weeks is really when the vast majority of leagues will draft. Yeah. And honestly, like I, I do think that he's not going to be quite this kind of value when we get to late August or by, you know, Labor Day weekend when a lot of drafts are taking place. Cause I got to say like, Every other tweet I see or every other podcast, people are hyping up Trey Lance. And I just feel like it's unrealistic. Like you should have a backup plan in place if you're hoping that Lance falls to you in, in the 10th round in three weeks from now. Totally. I mean, he's going quarterback 13, which is outside of starter range in, the tw in a 12-team league, obviously. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm not nearly aboard the Trey Lance train as you are, right? But I'm with you. He's at the very worst top 10. So here's a question. Well, okay, go ahead. Um, let's say that the, that the drafts do pick up. So, you know, somebody is going to grab him. Where is the furthest down the draft? You're willing to play that ADP game because his name's not going to pop up on the board, you know, of next 10, next 20 to draft. Once you're in the eighth round, what round are you targeting Trey Lance? So actually that kind of leads into what I was about to say. So oh, this is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we were just on the same wavelength. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I know we're talking more specific players, but I think overarching strategy is important to touch on here. Sure. For me, I see seven quarterbacks this year who have the upside of finishing as the overall top scoring quarterback. And to me, those players are Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Trey Lance, and Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Would you add any names to that list? So the, on the bubble there is obviously Brady and Prescott and Rodgers, and I'd say no to each of them. Yeah, so no, it's, it's, that's the seven. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson, maybe, if yeah. we really expect the Broncos to, you know, kind of, take off. But for me, though, that's my top tier, right? Those yeah. seven names that I just said. Yep. So for me, I know you like to wait on quarterback, but this year I really want one of those seven players. Sure. So I think right around when you expect Jalen hurts to get taken, um, depending on ADP, I don't mind reaching a little bit for Lance in round six, round seven. You probably don't even need to take him in round six. Like I think round seven, if you want to guarantee that you're getting him. Hertz currently going 63rd overall, which would be uh, start of the sixth. So, yeah, I see why you're saying sixth. I, th I think you can probably wait to the seventh just because um, the vast majority of home league players do sort of just look at who the next 15 names are on the draft yep. board and mm -hmm. he won't be sitting there. Uh, but I don't hate grabbing him if you uh, in the late sixth. Uh, who, who would you be passing up on there? Let's see. Um, you'd be missing out on potentially a Hollywood Brown, potentially TJ Hawkinson, Damian Harris, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I think that's a fine tier of like muddled middle players that uh, that that would be your time to strike. Yeah, and I'm actually a lot higher on Marquise Brown. I'll talk about him a little yeah, bit when I know we you get are, to the wide receivers. But, yep. but yeah, I mean, I think like I don't yeah, think I you're going to need to take him there. 
I was looking more at Hawkins and Harris. I'm going feeling. Um, but I think this is an important note too, right? Like know what platform you're drafting on and right. do like at least a couple mock drafts. I know people don't take them seriously, but it, it, it at least gives you an idea of how the snake goes depending on your draft position. Yeah, you've got to know where the players you're you're looking at, and everybody reads the ECR expert consensus ranks ranks the uh, the the uh, all put together ADP. But each each and every year, there are guys who drop, and they're different guys in each and every platform that drop significantly lower. I'm talking two rounds lower than uh, mm-hmm. than they could be going. And it's understanding ADP also based on your draft spot, right? Like if you're on the turn, then you almost have to reach sometimes for your yep. guys yep. Um, versus if, if you're going to be up again in like nine or 10 picks, if you're in the middle of each round, then yep. I think you can kind of follow ADP a little bit more. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Let's move on then to your second quarterback who you think is a value at ADP. All right. Do you have your vomit bag ready? Well, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> to a tongue of Iloa. Currently going quarterback 16, 125 overall. Tua has been a highly debated quarterback. Some think he's completely toast. He won't be long for the scrap heap, may not last the season. Others see the year Jalen Waddle had last year, the added weapon, Tyreek Hill. There's no denying the talent of those two wide receivers. Even if Tua's talent is average to below, we've seen top wide receiver options carry quarterbacks to relevant seasons. I think he's relevant at worst, and if he did take a few steps forward in his skill set, as I think he was protected by the game plan a bit last year in terms of limiting his deep passes. He definitely is top 10 quarterback upside this year. He continues to have heralded accuracy, especially by Tyreek Hill. Hey, love listening to his his top weapon, right? Maybe it pays off. And a bit of this Tua chance here, this Tua shot here, does have to do with how you've mentioned there's that tier of those seven quarterbacks up at the top that have a chance to finish it at number one. Everybody else could finish 10 to 15. Now, granted, people are going to finish 8, 9, 10, right? But it's it's all about tiers. Yeah, I don't hate it all. And um, for anybody who plays Dynasty, I'll plug our, our Dynasty podcast that I do real quick, uh, Smash Accept. You guys can look it up. And one of our recent guests, uh, his name is Dynasty Jacobian. Um, he was pumping up Tua as a potential MVP candidate this year. Love right? it. And I think I'm not quite as optimistic uh, on the Dolphins just because I want to see their offensive line kind of come together. And I know they've made upgrades, but I don't think it's crazy. Like that's in Tua's range of outcomes, right? Like we've yep. never seen an offense with the kind of speed that the Dolphins have with Waddle and Hill, right? It's just insane. Like, if Mike McDaniel can successfully implement, you know, that Shanahan type system where they're taking those deep play action shots, like I, again, I don't think this is the most likely outcome, but there's a non-zero chance that this could be the most prolific offense we've ever seen in the NFL. And you didn't even mention a, uh, a pass, a very good pass catcher at running back. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty high on Chase Edmonds as well. We'll talk about Edmonds in just a little bit. Don't you worry, Los. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Tua. Uh, I, I've sprinkled, you know, I think like a little bit of money on him to win MVP just because he was at I think plus seventy five hundred odds, and I like those odds. I think you can't argue with those odds, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, my second quarterback that I think is a value right now going right behind Tua at QB 17, 136 overall is Justin Fields. And Mm -hmm. I I think he's a clear case where fantasy players are incorrectly equating NFL performance to fantasy performance, right? Because we know that the bears are a mess. They might be a bottom five team this year, uh, but I don't know that that's going to really impact Fields' fantasy production as much as most people think, because when he started running more as a rookie last year, after his first few starts, you know, he averaged eight rushing attempts per game over his last six healthy starts. And in those six games, he was a top 12 fantasy quarterback for four of them. So I don't think you have to worry that much about Chicago's offensive line or their lack of wide receiver depth behind Darnell Mooney. As long as he runs, we know that fantasy quarterbacks have that high weekly floor and ceiling and it would not shock me at all if Fields ends up finishing the 2022 season as a top 12 quarterback in points per game. 
And the great thing about this is you do not have to pay up for him as a starting quarterback for yourself. If you don't want to, he's sitting there at quarterback 17. Um, if it, I think he's actually the perfect best ball quarterback. I know we don't generally talk about that sort of setup, but he runs, he runs faster than he looks. I, I mean, everybody, you know, who's scouted or plays dynasty knows just how fast Justin Fields is. He doesn't look that fast on the tape, but he is very fast and he's got an arm as good as anybody in the league. So you get that deep ball risk, uh, deep ball chance. You get the rushing upside. I mean, he, he has quarterback one from a week to week uh, upside, but certainly not what I call him a top 10 quarterback by my estimation. Yeah. I mean, I think every week you're, you're, you know, you're risking like a three interception game, but if he Big runs time. for 60 yards, who cares? Then the game's exactly. set right there. Right. Yep. yep. Um, and, and I think like, like you said, I think it's the long strides that make him deceptively fast because yeah. as much as I love Trey Lance, I, I think Justin Fields is probably the second fastest quarterback in the league behind Lamar Jackson. Uh, I would say, I think and, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and for people who remember last year, you probably didn't, but for those of us who watched all the bears games, uh, Justin <laughs> oh. Fields, Justin Fields kind of torched the Niners top five defense last year because of his mobility. So again, I, I think there are definitely question marks with offensive line and wide receiver. But again, that rushing potential is so important in four passing or four point passing touchdown leagues. And just praise elusive enough, elusive enough to stay healthy, avoid some big hits. You know, he, he's, he's our <laughs> listeners know that we're, we're Chicago boys. Uh, we hoping the best for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I do think career, can... not one ending uh, halfway through this season. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he'll, uh, he'll be somewhat protected, but I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, real quick. I did want to touch on Deshaun Watson because Oof. he is someone that people are talking about. I know we don't want to draft the person. Um, but I don't think we want to draft the player either right now, because, you know, at first when it came out, it sounded like the arbitrator said six games, but now it sounds like the NFL is pushing for at least half a season or more. And Watson doesn't really have much leverage to combat that. So for me, I mean, I think, uh, again, let's talk about like higher end strategy, like general strategy real quick. After that top tier of seven that I discussed before, I think Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, and even Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Tua are fine quarterbacks. That's 17 right there. I I just don't really see a reason why you would need to hold Watson on your bench or even if you have an IR spot, why you would need to hold him for half the season or more in a one quarterback format. Well, you've brought up a couple issues there. I don't think he should be allowed to be hold, held in, in an IR spot, but that's a completely separate question sure. altogether. He'll have an SSPD tag, of course, which in, in some formats you can put on the IR. To me, I would I would commissioner that out because th- this is not an injury that he's suffered. But I mean, I'm not going to get into the polit- uh, you know, whatever you want to call it of what it is. He's not injured. He's just, mm-hmm. he's suspended. So let's not call him injured, okay? Um at this point, I think there is about an 85% chance that the NFL bans him for this season and we see him next year. And next year, he'll probably t- have a dip in drafts and he'll be a value in drafts. But I, I think there's a pretty good shot that he's uh, he's not part of this season. If it gets held to six games, if you have enough bench space where we're talking six bench spots in a one quarterback or something, I could see holding him at the end of your bench. But me, I like to turn through players. I like to have that bench spot available to be turning guys over, to be grabbing other people's handcuffs and dumping them at the end of the week. Or, or you know, there, there's a lot of strategies you can do. Every, every roster spot counts for the diligent fantasy uh, manager. So, I'm not drafting him personally, but I could certainly see the argument of having him sit there if they do hold on to six games. Now, we're not going to know that for this week, definitely. We may not know that next week or the week after. Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, even if it is like six to eight games where you get him for, let's say, half the regular season, do you think he's going to significantly outscore a guy like Fields or Carr now that he is Devontae Adams or, you know, Kirk Cousins getting Adam Thielen back? Like, I just don't see the upside. I'd rather use that spot, you know, for an upside running back or wide receiver, I think. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not doing it. Um, I could just see somebody wanting to, uh, 
if you're i mean gun gun to hell well, i hate that phrase uh if you're forcing me to answer it i would not draft him no yeah i agree i just i don't think the upside warrants you know holding him on your bench for however long it ends up being from a points per game standpoint uh looking at quarterbacks i think he has i i think he has tier one upside he does I, for sure i just i don't think it's worth it given how yeah. long he's gonna be out yeah and and i don't think it's six at eight uh six i i don't think there's any chance i i don't think there's I think there's 0% chance that it's fewer than 10 games. And that takes you practically through your whole fantasy season. Yeah. I I'm from what I've seen rumored, it's eight minimum plus a monetary fine. So, you know, if it's eight, like I'm, I'm definitely out just, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. So that's going to wrap up the quarterback position and let's move on to probably the most important position uh, in your standard one quarterback leagues. And that's the running back position. Los. And, you know, we want to avoid those landmines in the early rounds. Um, who's a running back who's going fairly early that you're going to pass on? Well, I think he's starting to drop. Uh, I think people are starting to catch up, but it's Antonio Gibson. No questions asked. Uh, currently running back 19, 39th overall. Now, he's ended both his season so far as a running back one, both years in the league. Uh, so a fade at running back 19 feels wrong in my spirit, but uh, but the team brought back J.D. McKissick, who they completely love in the past game. Uh, they drafted the complete physical opposite of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. to pound the rock and did not fumble, which Antonio Gibson already has done in the preseason. Um, regardless, Gibson's not going away, but it's going to be a very messy committee. Gibson needs to be passed on in this spot. Yeah, I, I find myself agreeing with you. Uh, it certainly was not a good look, him fumbling in week one and getting replaced by Brian Robinson, who they already drafted it uh, to come in on potentially goal line situations. And as you said, Washington, I don't know if they outbid or if they somehow convinced J.D. McKissick uh, to come back over going to Buffalo, because if I were running back, I, I would definitely be going to a championship, right? you know, potential <laughs> Bills team. But um, whatever it is, they certainly do not trust Antonio Gibson with anywhere near a workhorse workload. Um, I'm with you. I've got him ranked as RB30 in like the seventh or eighth round. So I'm pretty much never getting him uh, at that ADP. Uh, one guy that I'm fading here, James Conner, who is coming off the board at RB 16, 30th overall. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal last year. We know he struggled to stay healthy while with the Steelers, but he was a workhorse when Chase Edmonds was out last year. But therein lies the problem. His splits with and without Edmonds on the field were very concerning. In the first eight games when both of them were healthy, Edmonds was the PPR RB17, and Connor was the PPR21 uh, running back, even having scored eight touchdowns. And I know that Arizona moved on from Edmonds. They re-signed Connor, and Edmonds is in Miami now. But you either believe that Connor's going to be a workhorse or you don't. And for me, I'm still projecting either Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin you know, who Cliff Kingsbury has had good things to say about this offseason to kind of take over that 1B role. And I'm not expecting Connor to be on the field for 80 plus percent of the snaps like he was when Edmonds was out last year. And so for me, like RB16 is really rich. To me, he's a bit of a lukewarm fade. Um, I, I liked him more earlier in the preseason. Now I'm getting more on board with how you're feeling. If there's one thing Cliff Kingsbury likes to do, though, it's take James Conner or Kenyon Drake, whoever you've got uh, in the backfield as your RB1, and try and slam him across the goal line. I ex I do expect him to keep doing that here. He uh, Neither of the two running backs you mentioned really scream goal line back to me. Uh, Daryl Williams, certainly not. Um, so... I don't hate him. I'm not knocking him off my draft board the way I would knock Antonio Gibson off, but, uh, but certainly a fade, especially with some of the wide receivers going in that range. Yeah. I mean, it's just, even with those touchdowns early last year, he was still an RB two, right? It wasn't until he started catching all those passes with Edmonds out. And one of those games too was with uh, Colt McCoy where Kyler was out and sure. they just really couldn't throw down field. So a ton of checkdowns. So again, I have him RB 18. So positionally not that yeah. much lower, but like yeah. a round or two later in overall ADP. 
Sounds right to me. Um, another one for me. Now we're now we're getting up to it. Running back Javante Williams, running back 12, currently going overall 21. Uh, not going to lie, this is a very scary call to make. You know, I try not to be very hot takey, but I think Melvin Gordon hangs on to 50% of this backfield for the first half of the season. That's certainly not curtains for Williams, but I don't want that for my running back one. Uh, same reason I can't trust Nick Chubb as a running back one. Plus, we don't exactly know what this offense is going to look like if Russ is cooking so to speak that's great for the pass game but we're not really sure how it affects the run game in Denver especially between two running backs just tread with caution uh, the talent is clearly there don't take this to mean I don't see Javante Williams as as a top talent at running back uh, I just don't think the value's there right now yeah I, I don't hate this call I, I'm a little bit higher on him I think uh, you said he's going 21st overall. I've got him 28th overall uh, as RB 13. So like, I don't hate Javante Williams, but I do think that if you're drafting him like early in the season, assuming Gordon is healthy, it is going to be, you know, somewhat of a split, right? I, I think you're expecting more touchdowns because of Russell Wilson there, but overall, you know, we, we still don't know how that red zone work is going to be split either. And that's a big thing. Yeah, uh, just to put some names with it uh, specifically, I would go Saquon, uh, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Zeke over Javante right now. Yeah, I don't disagree. I've got Zeke, I think, one spot behind him just for you know upside of the younger guy, but uh, he's in that same tier as Zeke, who everybody seems to hate. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on then. Uh, my second running back is actually two running backs, uh, both oh. of the Seahawks running backs. Uh, Rashad Penny, who's currently going 85th overall as the RB33, and then Kenneth Walker III going 97th overall, RB35. So very close to one another, and I can see why. And I think both of them have some upside because we see that Penny's already in nursing a groin injury in the preseason here, and Walker mm -hmm. got a lot of those carries in the first preseason game. But even then, you know, they brought in Travis Homer on those passing downs in the two-minute drill it's just hard for me to see either Seattle running back paying off their ADP in an offense. That's not projected to score a whole lot of touchdowns with drew lock and or Geno Smith at quarterback. Uh, to me, it sounds like Pete Carroll wants Penny and Walker to split that early down work uh, without either of them getting a whole lot of passing down work. So to me, they're both touchdown dependent flex options and their ADP is not egregious, but in that range, I just, I'd rather draft, you know, an elite handcuff running back with true top 10 upside uh, or like an upside quarterback or wide receiver. If you haven't grabbed a quarterback at that point. Sure. Um, you could even draft uh, uh, Chase Edmonds at that spot right there. If you wanted. Oh, I might, I much prefer Chase Edmonds. I'm going to talk about him pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Penny's pulling up with, I, I, you know, I'm forgetting if it's the hamstring or groin, they're close enough to each other for it to be one or the other. Um, and Pete Carroll has talked about Kenneth Walker as a three down back, but nobody, nobody loves his own player. I, I think Pete Carroll loves his, uh, his whatever t players are on his team more than anybody I know loves players on their own fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he, if he played fantasy, Pete Carroll would definitely draft every single Seahawks player no question no question about it so <laughs> so hard to believe any of the coach be coming out of there um he was he was drafted high he was drafted early and he might get a bulk of the workload but I just don't see the Seattle rushing game or the offense in general going very far this year unfortunately right I mean just from a prospect standpoint I think Kenneth Walker might be one of the best pure runners in mm -hmm. the league even as a rookie like he's probably close to that Nick Chubb level but the difference is Chubb has a top five offensive line and Seattle mm -hmm. has a bottom five offensive line. And sure does. I, you know, I just don't see the same touchdown opportunities for Walker. I'm All with right. you. Let's move on then to some running backs that we actually really like at ADP. And we'll start with you, Los. Sure. Uh, my first one is Dalvin Cook right now going running back six, eight overall, obviously sitting at the top of the draft. He can't move all that much higher, but it's arguably more important to, to really nail the first round, uh, really get it right. Cook is my running back four above Henry, above Harris. I take him above the wide receivers that people are taking the first round. He's a workhorse. He's got tons of upside in the past game. We know all of this uh, and scarcity of elite running back production pushes him above the wide receivers for me. 
Yeah, I, I don't. If you guys look in my uh, fan tracks rankings for the top 200 redraft PPR, do you know where I have Cook Lofs? Redraft PPR? Uh, yeah, can you guess? guess? Let me guess four. Uh, I actually have him third overall, right behind. Uh, yeah, right behind Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't understand like the discount on Cook that we're getting this year for whatever reason. Uh, he's been a top three running back the last few years, and the only difference in 2021 was he just missed out on some touchdowns. Right? Yep. I mean, he averaged a rushing or a touchdown on every uh, 5.2 carries uh in 2019 2020 and he scored on just 2.4 percent of his carries last year so it's just it's just natural regression and arguably with no clear handcuff for taylor or mccaffrey but we know madison's that guy in minnesota like there's a there's an argument that dalvin cook should be the 101 Ooh, whoa that now that's spicy i thought i was hot like if you if you're thinking about that top tier running backs right Yep. Like none of them really have true handcuffs except for Dalvin cook. That's well, Tony Pollard. Well, yeah, but Zeke oh, isn't being tier, drafted. Top tier. Top tier. Right. Okay. I, I I'm following the question yep. now. Yep. So yeah. no, I you're, mean, you're I, absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't just agree with you on this one low side. I, I over agree with you. I don't know. What's the right yeah, word? You, you, you've beaten me here. Why <laughs> didn't you take him? <laughs> oh, well, the reason I didn't take Cook is I just really wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley, who is my guy this year. And I know uh, I showed you my early versions of the rankings, and yep. you were pretty shocked at where I had Barkley. Um, he's being drafted as the RB13, 24th overall. So, you know, generally in that mid to late second round, his ADP's creeped up a little bit, but. I think he belongs firmly in the first round of your drafts. Um, I've got Barkley ranked as the RB four seventh overall behind only Taylor McCaffrey cook uh, Cooper cup, Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. And I honestly think it's just cowardice that he's going in the second round, because if you're willing to take Christian McCaffrey at one Oh one or one Oh two, there's really no reason that Saquon Barkley shouldn't be a first round pick in the three games that he played more than half the snaps last year before his ankle sprain. He was the number seven running back in PPR averaging 20 PPR points per game over that span. That was with a bottom three giants offensive line, uh, an offense that was horribly inefficient being run by Joe judge of all people um, made some offensive line improvements this past off season and they moved on from Joe judge to Brian Dable. So I'm expecting more efficient touches for Barkley. It sounds like in camp and preseason, they're involving him as a receiver quite often. And as for his health, I mean, the ACL tear and the high ankle sprain were completely unrelated over the last two seasons. So there's really no, uh, you know, recurring soft tissue injuries or anything that concerns me there. Again, I, I think he belongs in the first round, and I'm going to have Barkley on every single league this year if his ADP stays in the second. I actually don't understand it whatsoever. Um, he, he's uh, 24th at, at ADP. He's he's even down at 17 in ECR. I don't follow it whatsoever. We know he's a massive talent. We know he's a massive producer. I don't know if people are just thinking that this offense is just going to chuck the ball around all game. I mean, that's not what they did last year when he was healthy. And if they're throwing it around, they're going to throw it to the best player on the field. And his name happens to be Saquon Barkley. So I, I don't follow it. I'm with you. I don't necessarily have him up at five just because of the Giants offense. But, you know, he this guy, he should have probably been one of my faves. But how do you take Joe Mixon? above Saquon Barkley. Joe Mix is, is I know he's on, I know he's on the Bengals. Great, they were in the Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody runs fewer offensive plays than the Bengals. And that's that's disaster for a running back. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the argument, I mean we're kind of getting off track, but to touch on Mixon real quick, I think the argument is even though he doesn't catch a ton of passes and you know they've got Chase and Higgins there. Um, he does have a, a much improved offensive line this offseason. So I could see like 12 to 15 rushing touchdowns for him. So it's touchdown based. Okay. Well, I'm more of a production. I, I'm more of a, um, uh, what do we call it? Opportunities based player. And you got to catch passes in PPR.
Well, I think that's part of it too. I mean, that's why I'm fading Joe Burrow because I think there is yeah, just totally. a ton of Bengals hype, right? Yep. I, how could there not be coming off a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but like, where would they be drafted if they hadn't gone to the Super Bowl? Is my question. Um, specifically Joe Mixon, or I, I mean, I could still see Chase going top three. I think that's too high for him. He's think, not going to be one of my fades, but Chase at three is high for me. Um, yeah, I've got and, him at eight, right behind Barkley. Sure. And Mixon, I would have um, down at. Wait, you have Chase behind Barkley at eight? Yes, sir. No, I mean Chase. Chase. Wait, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. I have him at eighth overall. I have Barkley at seventh overall. Oh, wow. See, I think Chase is high. Putting him in the first round is high because I think Higgins is just as much of an alpha as Chase is in that offense. But the, and, and the production is, uh, and the um, number of plays run in, the, in Cincinnati just isn't there. But that's, that's I, I, I get maybe that. I sh- maybe I should have talked more about the Bengals today. I didn't <laughs> come prepared for them. I mean, I, I, I get your point, but also I think I'm willing to still put Chase fairly high because he does have the upside to have like that 50-point week, right? And I, I think Higgins is a very talented guy in the one B versus like a clear one and two. But I just don't think he has those monster games where he just takes over. There were points last season where he was droppable. Right. And now this year we're talking about him as the dynasty wide receiver 10 or 11 or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Now right. that I'm thoroughly <laughs> off, uh, off kilter. Enough, <laughs> of, talking, enough of the Bengals and wide receivers in the running back section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it my turn to talk about a fa- uh, a uh, uh, value here? Yep. Let's let's go with let's go to you. Okay. Um, let's talk about some running backs in one of the best rushing offenses in the league. Trey Sermon and or Tyrion Davis Price, running back seventy currently for Sermon, who of course is uh, coming up hobbled a little bit, and running back sixty for Tyrion Davis Price, round fifteen plus for each of them. This depends, of course, on your league size and bench depth. Uh, but if there's one thing San Francisco does, it's produced running back ones from the most unexpected of places. Trey Sermon fell off the grid completely last year, but all the prior top running backs in San Francisco under this coaching staff have done the exact same. Mostert, Wilson, McKinnon, Hasty, all pedestrian players that turned in top running back weeks. And it is wrong to leave them sitting on roster, especially with the horrible luck starting running backs have had in San Francisco the past three seasons. And that we're already seeing Elijah Mitchell possibly come across this season. Yeah, I, I think we've seen pretty clearly that's the Shanahan scheme, right? That elevates the play of all these running backs, whatever their name might be on the jersey. Um, right. And I, oh, speaking of names, I will say though, I was looking at the Niners, uh, you know, depth chart and I saw the pronunciation guide. It's actually Tyrion. Oh, um, so okay. unlike Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah, for um, all just, you Game of Thrones fans, sorry. <laughs> I think, I think we're just conditioned to immediately yes. think Tyrion, but it Absolutely. is Tyrion, uh, okay. worth mentioning. But I, I, I think, I mean, these guys are free and basically in the last round of your draft, right? And like you said, Elijah Mitchell being held out of the preseason with a hamstring injury, I think. Um, So it's not crazy to think that these guys could blow up week one, just like Eli Mitchell did last year, week one, uh, when Mostert went down. And I I know that people hate Trey Sermon because he just blew up in their faces last year. And I was high on him. So I'll take, I'll take the L on that one. Um, But I mean, there's been word in training camp that he's been the number two back in behind Mitchell and specifically that with the switch at quarterback, they've been running some more option plays and that sermon is that's where sermon really excels. Um, so again, might be a post hype sleeper. And if they're not, they're pretty much free. So you're not losing much. Trey sermon was a letdown for one year in, in, in an offense that does not necessarily feature rookies until right until they did. Mostert was a letdown for teams for four seasons. Wilson for three seasons. I, I mean, let's give the guy a chance in an offense that's going to turn people into studs. Yeah, and I mean, Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse for half the year yep. last season, and and then he really came on the second half. So there is opportunity here. We will see. Yep. Yep. And I do expect a few fewer rushing attempts for uh, for Debo Samuel this year too. Yeah, I think he'll still get some snaps there, but certainly part yeah. of that was with Mitchell's health and they just didn't trust Sermon at that point. Right, right, exactly. All right, we finally get to talk about Chase Edmonds, who we uh, who we kind of previewed when we talked about Tua. 
Um, he's going as the RB 34 right now, 93rd overall. And to your point, we just talked about Raheem Mostert. And I'm not really sure why people are worried about him in Miami. He's a former undrafted free agent who's on his sixth team, I believe, in six years. Uh, he's been healthy for just nine games over the last two seasons. The Dolphins are paying Edmund $6 million this year after a 2021 season where he ranked seventh in yards per touch and 11th in breakaway run rate. Like he's a big play waiting to happen, especially when you scheme him into space. And that's exactly what Mike McDaniel does uh, in that Shanahan esque offense. So even though we do project Miami's backfield to be somewhat of a committee, you know, to me, Edmonds is the clear lead back here. Who's going to end the year with the most carries and receptions. We know Tua likes to check it down. So it would not shock me if he finishes as a top 20 running back in PPR this year. He's going behind handcuffs. He's going behind backups. If you have a, if you employ a zero running back strategy, which I don't, but if you do, this is your league winner right here. Yeah. Or even hero running back. Like I've had some mocks where I take like Barkley or Camara in the early second round and they kind of lock down that RB one spot. And then I'm sure. happy to throw Edmonds in for the first few weeks to see how that you know pans out. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, hoping he stays healthy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he is a slightly smaller back, but again, I, I think being in a committee actually suits him, right? Yeah, like him and, yep. like he was an RB two in PPR last year, even with Connor taking all the goal line touchdowns. Yep. All, all of, uh, most of your top, uh, top chiefs and Eagles running backs of the day with, uh, uh oh my goodness. Now I'm, now I'm blanking on the name and I want to call him home. Nope. Chip Kelly. Nope. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, Jamal Charles uh, ne never dominated in touches and he was always a running back one. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far to compare Edmonds Charles, but I get your point. <laughs> I'm just talking about, yeah, I'm just talking about limiting touches and smaller backs. Yeah. And Hey, look, I mean, we talked about Tua as an undervalued quarterback. You can easily grab both of them in like the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds. No doubt. All right, that is going to wrap up this first episode talking about the over and undervalued players at the quarterback and running back positions. Uh, we will be back soon with our second episode of the preseason talking about wide receivers and tight ends. So, you know, in the meantime, hit that subscribe button. You guys know where to find us, Los. Yep, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Hit the hit the subscribe button as you as you so adequately put it better than I did. Uh, and uh, have a great week. Yeah, get excited for football. Uh, it's a fantasy world. We're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. <laughs>